You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Sacramento Kings majority owner Vivek Ranadive appeared on Sports 1140 KHDK's morning radio show, The Carmichael Dave Show, for an exclusive interview yesterday, and he talked about a bunch of stuff. The interview itself was around 30 minutes long, but there are two major takeaways from this conversation that I'm going to play for you and discuss on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. One, Anil, his son's involvement in the search for the Kings' new general manager that ended up being Monty McNair and two Vivek sharing his optimism towards an NBA season start date before Christmas. We have that plus some hypothetical buddy healed trades for you on today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years, and I'm looking forward to covering my seventh Kings basketball season whenever that will be. Begin. As many of you know, I work for Sports 1140 KHDK, the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento, where Vivek made his appearance on the morning show, the Carmichael Dave Show, with Carmichael Dave and Jay Mars. You've heard both of them on this podcast before. You can check out all of their fantastic content on Sports1140KHDK.com or by downloading the KHDK app, or you can listen if you're local on AM 1140. And I encourage you to go and listen to this entire interview. Now, there's no way one for time and and two for rights that I'm going to play that full interview for you today. In fact, I'm playing only two small snippets. So after this podcast, I encourage you to go and listen to the whole interview. It is up right now by itself on both YouTube and KHDK.com and also on the KHDK app. But again, we're going to be listening to two major clips here on the podcast today. One of them is pretty long. The other one is really short. And the long one will play first. It's Vivek talking about his son Anil's involvement in basketball decisions. There are a lot of parts to this as it is a long answer. He talks about uh, how Joe Lacob and the Golden State Warriors do it involving his children. Uh, so why Vivek wanted to get Anil involved. He talks about why Anil was involved in the first place and what he brought uh, to the negotiations and to uh, the search for the new general manager. And then there's a part at the very end that I really want to focus on where Vivek's talking about the culture in Sacramento of open debate and open discussion and why I understand Vivek thinking it's a positive thing, but based off the history, that could be a negative thing. So take a listen. This is Vivek's answer to Carmichael Dave's question about how his son Anil was involved in the search for the new GM. Yeah, no, I was always envious of uh, my friend Joe Laker because both his boys are uh, working at the Warriors and, you know, he gets to work with them and see them. And, and, they, and they're just amazing kids. Uh, in fact, you know, they went to school with my kids uh, and uh, they helped Joe a lot and they helped the franchise a lot. Uh, and I would say they're among the smartest guys in the NBA, uh, are Joe's two boys. Uh, and my kids have wanted to do their own thing and uh, blaze their own way. And Anil is, has got one of the 
uh, hottest seed funds on the planet, Soma Capital, where he's funding companies out of Y Combinator. Uh, but his superpower is that he is able to uh, look at somebody and determine if they're going to be successful. So he's done that uh, in his uh, kind of his investing business, where with very little data, he's able to make bets on companies, and uh, he's had some amazing winners in his portfolio. Uh, and he's also very well connected, so he talks to a lot of people. Uh, and so when we uh, started the process, we used uh, Sportology, uh, which is an outside firm, uh, and the CEO and the founder, Mike Ford, they're the most uh, highly regarded uh, recruiters in sports, and he personally, the founder, was involved with it. Uh, so we had a long list of candidates. Uh, there's only 30 GM jobs, and so everyone wants to be a GM. Uh, we narrowed it down. We went through very, very extensive uh, Zoom interviews with those folks, and then we narrowed the list down. Uh, and then when we had the finalists come to uh, uh, to the Bay Area and meet at my office, uh, I asked Anil if he would sit in on the meeting uh, and just uh, talk to them and, and interview them uh, and be part of that process. Uh, so he uh, had recently agreed to join the executive board, uh, and he uh, obviously loves basketball. He's very well connected. He's very analytical in his approach. Uh, and so for me, it was really nice uh, to have him uh, as, as a founding board. Uh, and it also uh, conveyed to the people that we were interviewing uh, the kind of culture that we had. And so having uh, Joe and Anil and myself uh, and then uh, some of the other folks in the King uh, be part of the interview process where we openly expressed uh, different, opin uh, different opinions and we debated vigorously. Uh, so they saw that you know this was a rich environment where there were no bad ideas and you know we would debate everything in a in a kind of in a forum in a meeting room, but then we would walk out of there uh, united. Uh, so again, you know, uh, Anil is now that focused on his fund, uh, but for that brief time that he came and he helped me uh, was obviously special for me. So there's a ton to unpack there, and let's start at the beginning, where Vivek talks about Warriors owner Joe Lacob. Of course, Vivek used to be a minority owner with the Golden State Warriors, so there's going to be a lot of connections there and similarities there. But Joe Lacob has his two sons involved in running the operations. And look, having your family involved in sports ownership and in business ownership in general, from as, as far as I understand, it's very, very common. So this is not a, a weird thing that Vivek is doing, having his son Anil directly involved. So maybe Vivek is grooming Anil and grooming his family to one day take over majority ownership of the Kings when Vivek is gone or he decides to step away. Who knows? But having family involvement in the operation and in the running and ownership of a professional franchise of the Sacramento Kings is not a weird thing or an absurd thing or anything that Kings fans or anyone should really turn their noses up at. It is very, very common. So get that out of the way first. Then let's talk about what Vivek says 
Anil brings to helping the organization and what he brought to the GM search. Well, Vivek said a couple of things there. The first thing he said was that his son Anil can look at people and tell if they will be successful. Well, that's a fantastic skill, and sure, that can come in handy when you're making major decisions for a a basketball organization, but where I'm skeptical is the fact that Anil has shown this quality or this capability in the business world, but while the NBA is a business, basketball is very different. And you weren't hiring a business manager or business executive for the Sacramento Kings. You were hiring the guy to make the basketball decisions. So how does Anil Ranadive, who has very little uh, experience in the NBA and in sports management, the actual sports part of management, how is he able to look at Monty McNair or Sachin Gupta and say, yeah, he's going to be successful and he's not going to be. So I have natural skepticism there, but fine. If Vivek has that kind of uh, faith in his son and recognizes that skill and wants to try and utilize that skill in this search, okay, I'm all for that. Vivek also talks about Anil being very well connected, so maybe there's something there too. Anil has connections in the business world. He has connections in the NBA world, in ownership world, and maybe that can come in handy when interviewing candidates as well. But the main thing that I wanted to talk about in that clip is when Vivek at the very end, I'm not sure if you caught it, go back and listen to it if you missed it, he talks about the culture in Sacramento. And he wanted to show the different candidates who were interviewing what that culture was directly by having different voices, by having Anil, by having Joe Dumars, by having himself and other members of the Kings that were unnamed, having them involved in the interview process and there being open debate. Now, we had heard that Vivek Ranadive was a big fan of Monty McNair, that Anil Ranadive was a big fan of Sachin Gupta, and ultimately the Kings ended up going with McNair. In that sense, it sounds like Vivek won, right? But clearly there was open debate and disagreement there, and the Kings ended up making a final decision. But Vivek talks about that open discussion and disagreement as a good thing. In fact, he says uh, that there are no bad ideas. But I have a problem with that because based off of the history of the Sacramento Kings and the last seven years of Vivek's ownership with the Kings, there have been a ton of bad ideas. Now, in different portions of this interview, Vivek talks about making mistakes. He's very open with the fact that the Kings have made mistakes in the past and how he doesn't like to make the same mistakes. He likes to make new mistakes. That's kind of a motto that he lives by. And again, you can go back and listen to the whole interview and hear him talk about that uh, in different context. But Vivek has had a ton of bad ideas. Vivek's ownership group, Vivek's uh, staff, whether it's basketball or otherwise, have had a ton of bad ideas over the last seven years from, I don't know, uh, hiring Mike Malone before uh, Pete D'Alessandro and then allowing Pete to fire Malone and then bringing in George Carl. And speaking of George Carl, remember when I had him on the podcast a couple of months ago, one of the things George Carl said he felt was the biggest problem in his time in Sacramento was that there were too many voices. There were too many cooks in the kitchen. And he felt that his voice and the voices of his coaching staff were not being listened to. The Kings were making decisions based off of outside voices or the voices of people like Vivek and Anil who may 
by family and by money own the group or own the team, but they don't have the basketball experience to make these decisions. So I understand the culture that Vivek is trying to represent, that this is not a dictatorship, that you can come in and your voice will be heard and will take your your uh, opinions and your ideas into account. But if you have too many opinions and too many ideas being debated, especially when a lot of those ideas are being offered up by people who are maybe not qualified to give those ideas, that can lead to the problems that we've seen in Sacramento over the last seven years. I have a big issue with that part of that clip, but overall, I really don't have too much of a problem with Anil being involved uh, in the Kings GM search. He's a part of the executive board uh, in Sacramento, and if he ends up being the guy that takes over ownership from Vivek in the end, it would be good, I guess, that he has this experience now uh, rather than having no experience at all. Transitioning from that, the other really short clip that I wanted to play was Vivek talking about his optimism towards the NBA starting on December 22nd or before Christmas time. Uh, Dave asked him about it very briefly at the end, and here's what Vivek said. Yeah, just keep your Christmas night open because there's going to be NBA games on Christmas night. That's you know my personal opinion. If you're impatient like me and you can't wait for Kings basketball and NBA basketball in general to return, you should be very encouraged by that. That is one of the 30 NBA owners expressing a a strong belief that the NBA will return uh, by Christmas. No surprise that Vivek wants that to happen, seeing as how it's the difference between $500 and potentially a billion dollars worth of revenue. We know the players potentially wanted to push that start date back into mid-January, but you lose that revenue and money talks. So again, as I've shared over the past couple of episodes, I would be very surprised uh, if this December 22nd date doesn't happen, and uh, Vivek's comments there just reinforce that. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. You've heard me talk about it, the best tasting protein bar on the market. You will not taste anything better. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and the improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Some of those flavors include caramel brownie, my wife's favorite cookies and cream, carrot cake, coconut almond, raspberry, my favorite mint brownie, salted caramel, orange toffee, almond, just to name a few. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft, and they're easy to chew. And on top of being delicious... The Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie and low-sugar, but high-protein and high-fiber. They're also great for the keto diet. Check this out. The Peanut Butter Bar, 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. How about my wife's favorite, the Cookies and Cream Bar? She loves it for the taste, but also loves it because it has 17 grams of protein, is only 130 calories, and has 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, you'll get 20% off of your next order. Not your first order, your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com.
Yesterday afternoon, I appeared on an Indiana Pacers podcast, and I've been going on a lot of different podcasts over the last couple of weeks and mainly have been telling people about the Buddy Heald situation in Sacramento. And it's no surprise that a lot of fan bases and a lot of podcasts are interested potentially in trading for Buddy Heald, but they want to get more information on what's been happening between Buddy uh, and the Sacramento Kings, the city of Sacramento, and what Sacramento, or at least I believe, his value is. Well, I appeared on an Indiana Pacers podcast that I highly recommend you go and listen to and check out. We had a great conversation. It's called the Setting the Pace podcast, and we talked about a lot of stuff. I shared uh, my opinions on what's been happening with Buddy Heald. I didn't pull any punches. I'm very straightforward with how I feel about Buddy, and it's gotten me in trouble, I guess, with Buddy in his camp uh, in the past. But look, Buddy Heald has his issues. Buddy Heald also has his benefits. I think Buddy could be phenomenal in the right system. I don't think that right system is in Sacramento. And if the Kings could maximize his value by making some trades uh, and moving Buddy Heald on for the right return, I think it's a good idea. Well, we started talking about hypothetical trade packages there on the podcast. Of course, Victor Oladipo was involved, and you've heard me talk uh, about potentially trading Buddy Heald for Victor Oladipo in the past, how that seems more like a rental. There is the possibility of the Kings acquiring Oladipo and then flipping him at the trade deadline if he has a good season with the Kings and maybe getting more value than you would have gotten with Buddy Heald this summer. But then again, you could also hang on to Buddy Heald, see what you have, see if it works with McNair's new system, and then if it doesn't, you can trade Buddy Heald away at the deadline. So that seems like an unnecessary gamble, especially when you have contractual control over Buddy Heald. But it is an option. The other major interesting trade piece in uh, Indiana, not named DeMontis Sabonis or TJ Warren, because we know those players are not available, is Miles Turner. And a a lot of the conversation that we had on this podcast, which again, I encourage you to go uh, and listen to the entire thing. It was a great conversation. I look forward to uh, to chatting with uh, those gentlemen over there again, and maybe even having them on the Locked on Kings podcast uh, at some point in time. But one of the major trades that they offered was this deal, a trade package where the Kings would send Buddy Heald, Nemanja Bielitsa, and the 35 pick, the 35th overall pick, which is the fifth pick in the second round uh, in this year's draft, the draft coming up in, what, 14 days. Uh, And the Kings would, in return, receive Miles Turner, Doug McDermott, and Justin Holiday, the younger brother of star guard Drew Holiday, who is now apparently available uh, by the New Orleans Pelicans. So it's an interesting deal. The main piece coming back is Miles Turner in that deal, someone who theoretically, even though he mainly played the center position in Indiana, you could play him at the four if you plan on playing Marvin Bagley at the five. Turner's around a career 36% or 35% three-point shooter, so not phenomenal, but not horrible either. He can spread the floor for you, giving uh, Marvin Bagley enough room to work. That makes more sense than maybe trying to force Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley uh, to work together in Sacramento. On top of that, Miles Turner is young, which is a good thing. I think he's 23 or 24 years old, three years younger than Buddy Heald, so that certainly helps your case there. In all of the conversations that I have had, all of them, uh, in terms of hypothetical trades for Buddy Heald, Miles Turner is the best asset that I feel the Kings could get back 
in a deal that's an actually physical player. Now, of course, there's draft assets and future picks and things like that that could come back that McNair and the Kings might value higher than Turner. But for me personally, if the Kings could find a way to get involved in a deal with the Indiana Pacers, send away Buddy Heald, but get Miles Turner back as long as it's it's a deal that makes sense financially, I like that move for Sacramento. So I have negotiated three different deals and three different offers that are on the table with three different podcasts. The Pacers deal that I just mentioned, also a deal with the Chicago Bulls and a deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Here's the Chicago Bulls deal for you. The Kings would trade Buddy Heald to Chicago and in return they would get Otto Porter Jr. And the Kings would swap the number 12 pick in this year's draft for the number four pick. Now this offer was actually, that actually came from the host of, I think it was the Locked on Bulls podcast. I'm I'm not sure if it was Locked on Bulls. I've appeared on two different uh, Chicago podcasts, but it was offered to me. I didn't offer that. And my gut feeling was... I don't think the Chicago Bulls would ever do that, and the Kings would be foolish to to uh, turn that away. But because they offered it, I'm including it in that list. So the Pacers deal that I just mentioned, the Kings trading Buddy Heald to the Bulls for Otto Porter Jr., who is an expiring major contract after next season, and swapping the number 12 pick for the number 4 pick in this year's draft. That's the Bulls deal. And then finally, the 76ers deal, which we've talked a lot about, where the Kings would send Buddy Heald to Philadelphia, would get their pick of either Tobias Harris or Al Horford back. Both of them are on absolutely disgusting contracts in terms of uh, how much money they're being paid. And in that scenario, I think the Kings could maybe take advantage of the 76ers and their desperation for shooting and try and get a future protected first round pick out of it. So out of those three deals, the Pacers deal, the Bulls deal, and the 76ers deal, which one do you like the most? Let me know right now at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or via email mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com if you had to pick one of those three to get that deal done. Let's say those were the only three possible deals that could happen. Which one would you pick? Again, at MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter or email me mgeorgeatsaclocalmedia.com. Before we wrap up today's podcast, I think it's important to note that recently a uh, quote came out in a Forbes article, which was a conversation with an anonymous NBA GM, and they were asked about the Kings shopping and making Buddy Heald available. And here was the quote from that anonymous GM. He says, quote, I think it makes a lot of sense, them trying to move Buddy Heald. Start with a clean slate. They were better without him in the starting five and all of that. The logic is there. But there does not seem to be a lot of action there, not yet at least. It is not something where they seem to be shopping him very actively. Maybe it would be better to wait to see how the season starts, but I don't get the sense that they're out there really laying the groundwork for a deal. They're just not shopping him yet. So that is an update. That is a quote from an anonymous general manager saying that Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings, as of right now, are not actively shopping Buddy Heald. Now that could change as draft night gets closer. That could change on draft night itself. Or the Kings could go the route that I personally feel they're going to go. And I've talked about this before on Locked on Kings. I think the Kings would maybe even be smart to hold on to Buddy Heald and not trade him away unless there's an absolute fantastic deal out there. Hold on to Buddy Heald. Resign Bogdan Bogdanovich as long as you're matching not an absurd amount, as long as the deal makes sense and is realistic. Play the two of them together or see what you have in Monty McNair's new system next season. And then once you get to the trade deadline, trade one of them away, 
or both of them away. Or if it magically, magnificently works, maybe the Kings go small and have Buddy play the two and Bogey play the three, move Harrison Barnes to the four with Bagley at the five, of course, Fox at the one. If that works, then maybe keep it together and just try and make it work and deal with the fact that a lot of your cap has been taken up by your two shooting guard positions. That gives you options. So maybe that is the smart play, the long-term play that Monty McNair and the Sacramento Kings decide to do. But Where are you at with that? I asked you about those three trades earlier. Would you rather the Kings try and move on from Buddy Heald right now or play the long game and wait and figure it out? At MattGeorgeKHDK on Twitter, you can send me your responses and your thoughts there, or you can email me mgeorgesacklocalmedia.com. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Of course, feel free to respond to the two clips of Vivek Ranadive that I played at the beginning of this podcast, your thoughts on that. And yes, please use the KHDK app, go to khdk.com, go to KHDK's YouTube channel, or listen to AM 1140. Find a way to listen to the full interview, because Vivek talks about a ton of stuff. He talks about politics, the King's involvement in Black Lives Matter. Uh, He talks about mistakes that he's made in the past, a little bit about Vivek uh, and just his journey. So there's a ton of stuff there. It's a great, great, great interview. Go and listen to it. You will not be disappointed. Uh, And then uh, come back and let me know if that changes your opinion on anything you feel about Vivek and how he's done uh, running the Sacramento Kings. Hard to believe that he is going into season number eight as the Kings owner. Time flies and hopefully he is right that the season will start uh, in December around Christmas time. If that's the case, then we're really about to get things going here. And of course, you can follow everything that's happening Sacramento Kings by sticking with the Locked on Kings podcast for daily updates, conversation and entertainment. Thank you so much for listening to today's Locked on Kings podcast. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you soon. This has been Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.